Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. The consensus number one pick in this coming up NFL draft, number one wide receiver, excuse me, Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. I have a personal affinity for him because his dad obviously played at Syracuse and watched him play while I was there. We're about the same age, so that's cool to see Marvin Harrison Jr. on his success. But a guy that I've been saying all morning, I'm pretty sure this is right, does not have him as his number one wide receiver in his rankings, and I love when things like this happen because we welcome in Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, right now to talk about it. Chris, uh, good morning. It's Sal and Joe. Am I, do I have that right? You do not have Marvin Harrison Jr. as your number one wide receiver in this class. Is that correct? Uh, I don't. It's actually Malik Neighbors from LSU. All right. Just very, yeah, just very quickly to explain that, and, and I know it sounds crazy, but I'm glad, Sal, that you said that you like and kind of welcome when there's you know a different take I out do. there. Listen, let me tell you something. I think I, I, I love this kind of stuff because we know it's an, ex, an inexact science. Last year, we had people who said Jameer Gibbs was over Bijan Robinson. As crazy as that sounded, I know the usage wasn't there for Bijan, so we can't tell. Jameer Gibbs looks pretty good, right? Yeah. And then I remember a few years ago, we had Emery Hunt on. Emery Hunt loved Lamar Jackson way more than Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, and people made fun of him. Look where he is today. So, Chris, you go at it, buddy. You do what you got to do. I love hearing this. Explain why. Okay, so I have neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. because he's definitely better after the catch. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. can do a lot of the things that teams want out of that X receiver. That's like the guy usually lined on the left outside of the formation, has to run a variety of routes, which Harrison Jr. certainly did more of than Malik Neighbors. With the ball in his hands, Neighbors is, I don't want to say Jalen Waddell, but kind of in like the Brandon Ayuk to Jalen Waddell explosiveness category. Um, they both track the, bo- track the football amazingly, like over the shoulder, in traffic, will go up and, and make those contested uh, catches. I think there's a good chance because he's not quite as big that Malik Neighbors actually tests better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, relative to the size, I think Harrison Jr. will be very impressive at the Combine or the Ohio State Pro Day. But for me, yards after the catch is a very vital element 
to playing the wide receiver position. And really the only negative that I see with neighbors is that at LSU, just because he was so athletic, just such a specimen, he didn't run a variety of routes. So it, it's not even that I'm seeing things differently than the vast majority of people. I just value yards after the catch mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. much that I think that's why he has a higher grade than Marvin Harrison Jr. Is there, you tell me if I'm off base here, is there a reason why when I hear you talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. or even like Ian Harditz yesterday, I think had a similar take on him where, you know, the mm-hmm. skill set is unbelievable. Like the name I keep thinking of is DK Metcalf. But, like, I don't think Metcalf was this high, right, going into his draft class. Like, he fell, but it wasn't like he wasn't this high, right? Yeah, he's a little bit more polished than I think DK Metcalf was. And I think DK Metcalf, though, was more of a specimen, just how he looked. I don't think we're going to see, like, low four threes from Marvin Harrison Jr. He's kind of like. I would say like a light version of Julio Jones that I think going into this final season at Ohio State, it was, oh, this is Julio Jones 2.0. I was seeing some Calvin Johnson comparisons. He's not quite as big as Calvin Johnson. He's going to be probably the same height weight as Julio. But again, he's just not as explosive and like can take that, you know, 10 yard comeback, stiff arm someone and then explode 70 yards for a score. That's not really where, where Marvin Harrison uh, wins. Yeah, you're not the only one. I think, like I said, who was it yesterday, Joe? Who was, was on? Was Ian, Ian Harditz, I think, was the same thing. Where yeah. I think, like you, he had neighbors one, and then Harrison two. I think he 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 said the same thing. So let's go to explosive plays, right? All right. So let's look at this class. The Bills want to add explosive plays, which obviously leads to explosive players. Chris, like, what are we looking at in that regard? You have your different flair every year at wide receiver. We went through this last year. If you, remember last year, it was like, well, if you want the short guy who's real good at getting down the field, you want the taller guy who's really good at, you know, the contested catch. What about this year's class? Is there all different flavors like that? Yeah, definitely. I think this is the best class the last two or three years. It kind of reminds me of the 2021 draft class. Jamar Chase uh, at the top, Jalen Waddell that there's those elite players, and I think you have that with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. But then after, from late in the first round into the third round, it's kind of been the case every year, you do have the bigger bodies like Rome Adunze, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. Then you have, like, the guys, and and one that Joe's been kind of tweeting about the last couple days, Troy Franklin from Oregon, who is a speedster. He's going to just be very effortlessly getting down the football field on the vertical route tree. Jermaine Burton is someone else from Alabama who wasn't really utilized a lot. The quarterback play wasn't great, but can certainly get down the field. Xavier Worthy from Texas that we all watch. And then two names that I think are kind of interesting just because of um, who their dads are. Uh, Brendan Rice from USC. Jerry Rice is his dad. And then there is another McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey from Rice. Those were like big-time down-the-field players where my idea would be the Bills could maybe even double up at wide receiver in this draft class like the Packers did mm. um, two drafts ago with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Pick one in the first or the second and then come around again in the fourth or the fifth. They will be able to add really whatever flavor they want, but certainly a speedster in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Are Are they – um, in terms of like the first to the second round, like the range in which the Bills will be picking, is this kind of the range you're thinking for? Like you mentioned, Franklin and Worthy. Um, I guess how likely is it to you? Is this early that these guys don't become risers through the draft uh, season here, where they they kind of get out of range? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it's hard to say now, and a lot of that I think is contingent upon the combine. That if Troy Franklin runs four three one and has a forty two inch vertical, mm-hmm. then it would it's probably because so much of the first round is based on those combines. Just how big of a a physical talent are you getting? I don't think he's going to run that fast. I don't think Xavier Worthy is going to be big enough to be someone that's going to be in, in the top fifteen or top twenty. Although the NFL has kind of not cared as much about that weight um, over the last couple of drafts. I'll put it like this. Troy Franklin right now, pre-combine, and things could be tweaked a little bit with my grade, is right in between the grade that I had for Zay Flowers and Jackson Smith and Jigba last year, and they went right in front of the Bills in the 20s. So mm-hmm. I think Troy Franklin and you pinpointing him makes a lot of sense because he fits what the Bills seemingly want with the explosive plays like you guys were mentioning from Sean McDermott press conference and mid to late 20s I think that's where he will probably be available he's a good name to for Bills fans to watch not just the highlights but watch entire Oregon games or or cut up Oregon games to watch Troy Franklin he's a lot of fun down the field the first name Xavier is very popular in this year's wide receiver draft by the way there's a few guys uh, who have that Mm -hmm. name so chances are you might land on one of them all right let's do process of elimination here Chris Explosive players. All right, let's just take your top, I don't know, 10 receivers, whatever you want to do. Who can we eliminate off that and say, probably not what the Bills are looking for here? In terms of a smaller explosive guy or just any wide receiver? It doesn't even have to be smaller. I'm saying if the Bills really want to focus on getting more explosive plays, you said there's a flair of every kind of guy here. Who can Mm -hmm. we kind of eliminate and say, not really his game? Probably Rome Adunze, and and that is it's kind of opposite of what I normally say because I, I always like to advocate that bigger wide receivers can be vertical threats. Like Mike Evans yep. has been able to get down the field in his career. Adunze scares me a little bit because I think he is so reliant on the contested catch. Um, and he, there's a chance if he doesn't you know, measure up quite as big as he was listed and doesn't run really fast, that, that, that he could be within striking distance. And we know that Brandon Bean's not afraid of trading up. He's done it in the last two first rounds. Um, he's someone that I would say is not that uh, explosive type. Keon Coleman is another one that I think a lot of people mm-hmm. certainly watched from Florida State. Similar type, six foot three, like 215, made a couple spectacular grabs, but is not really an explosive type. And Xavier Leggett, one of the guys that you were just um, alluding to, Sal, from South Carolina, he's more of an underneath, not quite Debo Samuel, but he's more of that type of throw him a drag route, he'll make a defender miss, run over someone and get a 15-yard gain. Explosive, like big 30, 40-yard plays on a consistent Mm -hmm. basis. That's not really his game either. Those are the three that kind of feel like late first or into the second round wide receivers that I don't really think would fit what the Bills want at wide receiver. For for all these receivers, and I guess for other positions too, this week at the Senior Bowl, like you mentioned how important the combine will be, and we know the draft tape, or like the college football tape, of course, is maybe the number one thing here. Well, where does the Senior Bowl kind of fit in on that pie chart for you in terms of importance to these, these guys' stock? Okay, so for me, it does not really matter at all. Like, it, it would be 5%. Like, I, I just think what you're doing in practice with, and especially if we're talking about wide receivers, with a quarterback that you've never been on a practice field with, I, I don't think it should matter very much. But, and you guys probably know this, but 20 of the 45 draft picks that the Bills have made since 2018 played in the Senior Bowl. So the Bills, that's like yeah. that's 44%. 
the Bills clearly put up, I don't want to say a huge emphasis on it, but I think they they consider it more than I do. So I, I think watching these practices when they're on NFL Network, reading uh, you know Senior Bowl recaps, um, and just trying to kind of zero in on, again, the type of wide receiver that the Bills want, probably, that, that explosive player down the field, keep tabs on some of those names because I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have clearly made it an emphasis to, to really zero in on a lot of these players at the Senior Bowl every year. Uh, Brian Thomas has been mocked to the Bills quite often. How would he fit in? He's one that I, I didn't mention earlier because I think even though he is a bigger body, I saw a lot of explosiveness on film. And he's got kind of a sculpted body, um, and, but and one against man coverage, I thought, at a pretty good rate for being someone that's not Malik Neighbors, that's not – uh, you know, Xavier Worthy fast uh, and wasn't solely reliant on winning um, in those contested catch situations. But because he is a big, uh, a little bit of a bigger body, in terms of boxing out, the body control, contorting his body near the sideline, very good in that regard. And I saw him take, you know, some slants, some deep dig routes, stiff arm and defender, and then explode up the field. So he's someone that I, I could kind of see him being that riser during the pre-draft process. just And that's just from watching him on film. I think he's going to test pretty well. But if he would be, again, maybe not all the way to 28, but gets into the late teens or the early 20s with the Bills armed with 10 picks, we might see a situation where the size, speed, specimen um, that could add a little bit of both in terms of uh, flavors that – the Bills could want at wide receiver, Brandon Bean could again for the third straight year trade up and get him. He would be a fun addition to this offense. Chris Trapasso joining us here on the Western Hotline, the Extra Point Show. You can follow Chris on Twitter, by the way. That's his name, at Chris Trapasso, just his full name there. Uh, player analyst, draft analyst, CBS Sports, does a really good job. All right, so let's move off wide receiver for a moment. Another area the Bills might need to look at is defensive tackle, interior defensive line, maybe just because of the numbers they have. If they can get Daquan Jones back, great. But they might have to look to somebody to pair with Ed Oliver. I know a lot of people are talking about Sweat from Texas. How do you look at this group? Yeah, it's at the top, and this is kind of uh, the rain or the style that has kind of pushed up the defensive linemen in the last couple of years, that most of the best players are in that six foot to six two range around 300 pounds, like more closely um, aligned to Ed Oliver's frame. And it does feel like the bills certainly like to have a, a bigger body next to Ed Oliver because he is under, you know, technically um, a little bit undersized to Ron Gray mm-hmm. sweat is the headliner being like, so he might be three fifty, could even be three sixty. That's what he was listed at. Um, it's not a great class in terms of those monstrous types. McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M, 6'2", and like 330. He's just that big space eater. LSU has two. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they 
can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Um, big interior defensive lineman, uh, Makai Wingo and Mason Smith, who could be on the Bills radar. But to me, for as important of a need as that is that you just mentioned, Sal, I don't think the Bills necessarily need to use even a second or a third round pick on that player. That's a spot that after the pass rushers, like I mentioned, go the uh, Zerjan Newtons, Byron Murphy from Texas, you're going to hear a lot of those names. Third, fourth, fifth round, you can get a quality player like a McKinley Jackson or a Mason Smith um, later in the draft to, to plug that position. That's not going to necessarily see a ton of snaps in this Sean McDermott defense. You think uh you think backup running back is worth monitoring for like a mid to late round pick for the Bills this draft this draft season? Well, again, with with ten picks, it, it wouldn't be you know a horrible idea to um, kind of go in that direction. Do I think the Bills are necessarily going to make all of those ten picks? Probably not. Um, but and this sounds weird saying this as a draft analyst, I certainly will watch. 20 or 30 running backs grade them, yeah. but it almost just feels like in the fifth round, if you want to back up running back, just pick your favorite guy. <laughs> um, hopefully in college, he, you know, forced a lot of missed tackles or he hit a lot of home runs and behind what was a better bills offensive line this year. I think you could get quality production out of him. Like beyond mm-hmm. the breakout season that the bills got from James cook, they got quality play from Latavius Murray and then Ty Johnson off the street. I, I don't think it's, worth a ton of time to talk oh you know yep. which late round pick do you need at the running back spot because there's a lot of them in every class no that's fair i mean i guess they don't even necessarily need to do it it's you know you just mentioned they picked ty johnson off off the street and he was fine yeah. so yep. if they did the same thing didn't pick a guy and went and it could be ty johnson again um you know it's not it's not an area of emphasis obviously no i don't think so either and i mean they're just to kind of stay with the theme of these guys with NFL lineage, Frank Gore Jr. is in this draft class from Southern Mass, and he's that's amazing. Uh, I'm so old. Chris. He just I retired. Am so freaking old. <laughs> yeah, we were only like two years away from Frank Gore being in the NFL with his yes. dad. Would have been amazing. From Southern Mass, he's a little smaller than his dad, but very explosive. He feels like that, you know, fifth or sixth rounder that will be picked up on a bunch of. Uh, uh, like a fantasy football teams next year, and and ultimately be a good player if he's behind a good offensive line. And and just to be clear, McCaffrey is the younger brother of Christian, and his dad is obviously Ed McCaffrey. That is the relation there, right? Luke, yes, Luke McCaffrey. He's 
was at Nebraska, then transferred to Rice, and then had a really good season for the Owls this year. And he's kind of a sleeper down the field type where maybe if the Bills wanted to go, say, Brian Thomas in round one, then in round four or five, they could take Luke McCaffrey to add more downfield speed to the offense. All right, I'm going to give you another name that has a name, but he's not related. The last name, McConkie. Phil McConkie yeah. was a wide receiver from Buffalo, Canisius High School. He went on to play for the Giants, won a Super Bowl against the Bills, actually. Lad McConkie is in this draft from Georgia. A lot of people might know him. He is not related, as far as anything I can see, everybody, to Phil McConkie. But it is a name we all recognize here in Buffalo. And uh, Jack on Twitter actually asked us about him, so I'll ask you about Lad McConkie. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't think that they were, like, father, son, uncle, anything like that either. I, I, I would be surprised if that just suddenly came out because I, I have not seen that. Right. He is... They do kind of play like each other, though. Yes. But what's <laughs> interesting with Lad McConkey, I think, is that, and not to go into a whole race conversation, but when you're a white wide receiver, you're at Georgia, it's okay, he's a slot guy, he's quick, he's going to catch everything, he knows where to be. I think McConkey's pretty explosive. Like, I won't be surprised if we look back at his combine and we're like, that's a first-round pick or that's an early second-round player. And I said this with Joe and Jeremy, I think, last week. For as much as I I do think the Bills are going to lean towards someone that can hit those explosive plays that are so important to just scoring touchdowns on those drives, like Joe's mentioned, um, I I think it's almost more important that the Bills just get a quality wide receiver. And when you watch McConkie's film, all the way back like two or three years ago when he was an underclassman at Georgia. Awesome route runner, catches everything, definitely took slants 30, 40, 50 yards down the field, wasn't as much involved in the offense this past year, and obviously the quarterback play wasn't quite as good as it was when they were winning those back-to-back titles. But in terms of a polished wide receiver that does have some upside because of his athleticism that can hit the ground running in the NFL, if you – somehow strike out and, and say four wide receivers go right in front of the Bills like they did last year. Early in round two, maybe trading back, um, Lad McConkey is someone that I think, again, can be good instantly, and then there's some upside with him. So he would be a very nice addition to this offense who can get open in a hurry. But last thing for me, non-Bills, as we enter the draft season here, uh, Kayla Williams, Drake May, we talk about them a lot. Is it – Jaden Daniels is the only other guy right now that looks like a top-of-the-draft quarterback, or are there others that you think still have the opportunity to kind of get in that conversation? So to me, yes. I think it is only Jaden Daniels that can get into that top three, top five, top ten, yeah. um, just in terms of grade. But keep an eye on Bo Nix. I think this week for him at the Senior Bowl, mm. uh, all of the experience that he has, that he really went from this kind of wild and crazy, make bad decisions at Auburn quarterback, to very coachable, making the right decision, playing within the structure, and then kind of flashing that athleticism outside at times at Oregon, he could be someone that I don't know can ascend and pass Jaden Daniels, who is just so explosive and such a big playmaker at LSU. But somewhere in the top 10 to top 20 range, I wouldn't be shocked because there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks Mm -hmm. if Bo Nix actually jumps Michael Penix and J.J. McCarthy, anyone else, and he's the third or the fourth quarterback off the board. What what happened to Michael Penix? Was I just not reading the right people, or did he fall? Because I thought there was a time during the college football season where he was being talked about as a guy that could go top ten, and now I feel like I'm not seeing that. 
No, that's a good point. I, I think, and it's it's unfortunate for him, I think what happened in the national title game, not that smart teams are saying, oh, hey, one game we're going to drop him to the third round, but my takeaway from that, and I haven't really gotten to talk to the few league sources that I have about this yet, kind of early in the pre-draft process, but they accentuated his weakness and that he is not very mobile. He cannot create off structure, and if everything isn't perfect for him, he can kind of be in that Tua Tungavailoa role. And I, I think he's kind of a similar type where when every, when he's protected yes. well, he's going to drop dimes down the field. And when he, when he has an advantage at the wide receiver spot, there's no throw that he isn't you know, too afraid to make. I yeah. think he has a better arm than Tua. He's bigger than Tua, but a similar style quarterback. I still think he'll be off the board in the first couple rounds. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's a team late in the first that takes a flyer on him. But against a good defensive line and when his receivers couldn't get open uh, very easily against Michigan, we saw him have his worst game of the year. So I think that's why he's kind of been passed by a, a few of these other quarterback prospects. Chris, you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. He reminds me of Tua in all of those regards. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because he's left-handed, right? I yeah. mean, that's also <laughs> another thing. But. I think it's exactly that. He he reminds me of Tua. Watching him, Joe, as the season went on a little bit more and you know, when they were in those those big time games, I'm like, man, this guy can really put the ball where it's supposed to be. Yeah. But man, if he has to kind of create himself, it's just not happening. And I think you need that in the NFL. And that's what we're seeing, you know, with um the the detractors on Tua as they go forward. Last question from me and just want to circle back to Bo Nix real quick. He's gonna be twenty four years old next month. Yeah, I mean, Chris, what you've talked to a lot of people, you've gone to these uh, events. Wouldn't that matter a little bit by the time he finishes his rookie contract? He's close to thirty years old. I think it should matter a lot. Like from going back to when Brandon Whedon was a first round pick by the Browns and was like twenty eight years old because he had played mm-hmm. minor league foot, uh, baseball. It was like, how, how can you do that? Exactly what you just said. Like you pick a quarterback in the first round you're hoping that he's signing two and three and four contracts with your team, not just one. But I do think after COVID and now that this is probably the last draft class that will really be impacted by COVID, where a lot of these players like Bo Nix, like Jaden Daniels, that took advantage of getting that free year of eligibility, um, that we're going to see those 23, 24, 25-year-old quarterbacks. It's almost like the league, from what I gathered last year, it was like the NFL was like, well, yeah, a lot of these players are just older now. We can't do anything about it. This is the talent that we have at our disposal. Will that be something that some teams don't like? Absolutely. Caleb Williams is much younger. Drake May is younger. Jane Daniels around the same age. But I think from what I said, how he transitioned from being kind of erratic and not making good decisions to being that, you know, game manager type that does have some athleticism, I think Bo Nix and his camp will lean into it and say, look, like I've played a lot of college football. I've made 50 starts. So you're getting someone that maybe won't have such a steep learning curve once he's in the NFL. For me, though, I would aim higher at the quarterback spot and say, let's pick a younger guy that can do more outside of structure like Mahomes, like Josh Allen. But that's a good point to bring up, and that will be something that will be discussed his age entering this draft. Chris, thanks a lot for joining us. Really appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch, I'm sure, this offseason into the draft. All right. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, you got it. Chris Trapasso right there.
So the Dolphins have yet to make a decision on defensive coordinator. They are interviewing someone else. And Bobby Babich, of course, is in the mix there. He's in the mix with the Giants. There's an update with the Giants as well from Joe Shane. So we'll talk about that. And what other? there was another coaching piece I wanted to get to here in a minute. I'll think about it during the break, but it's a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts. Oh, yeah, and a GM piece. Bill's front office exec interviewed for GM's job. So a lot of stuff's happening here. We'll talk about all that. We'll kind of reset the landscape when we come back next on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.